Hey there, welcome back to Being Human is Weird. Thank you so much for tuning in yet again. I have very exciting news about today. Carrie is back. I am not, oh, I am just so happy and feeling so much better and more comfortable. I had an absolute blast with Ellen at last week, but I'm so glad to have Carrie back. Uh, so Carrie, tell us about your vacation. Well, I am so happy to be back and I loved your episode with Ellen. Thank you, Ellen. I know we didn't get to meet, but we so appreciate your time on yes. being human is weird. And my vacation was awesome. Very much relaxing and just soaking up the beautiful environment in Puerto Rico, spending time with my family, just nothing pressing, right? And that gave me so much time to unplug from the phone and devices in general, apart from needing it to navigate us around the island. I really was hardly on my phone at all. And then <laughs> came back from vacation, pretty sick, just a sinus infection, but um, just a sinus. And I just couldn't think, move or breathe, <laughs> but it wasn't that big of a deal. It was pretty bad. Yeah, it was. I, I hadn't been that sick for that long, especially in a long time. So I spent essentially five full days on my couch, which if you know me, I hate doing that. And I took that no phone time, lovely vacation and turned it into, well, how many screens can I be on at the same time all the time for this entire week? So I'm very happy to dig into this topic today because... I need it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As you can probably all guess, we are going to be talking about screen time today and social media and the awful stronghold that it has on Ugh. most of us um, ages six and up at this point. Something Carrie mentioned was that she was playing a game called how many screens can I have in front of me <laughs> at once and throughout most of the day, most days, a lot of us have two, three, or four screens uh, open at once. You have an iPad or a laptop, a phone, and then TV playing in the background. Abby and I were reading articles and really trying to prepare ourselves to talk about this with y'all. So we took a mindful approach over the last few days to pay attention to our phone usage. There is a lot of research surrounding this and it's overwhelming when you look at the raw numbers. The average user of smartphones uh, checks their device over 200 times per day. That's 200 times that your attention is drawn away from whatever you are doing and it goes to your phone. And once you're on your phone, perhaps it becomes a complete rabbit hole. For me, it does. So just starting with some of these facts, not to scare, but to inform 200 times per day. And I can say that last week, it was probably closer to 700 times per day for me. <laughs> While you were saying that, I checked it twice. Like maybe, <laughs> maybe magically someone needed something or, you know, I had a notification. I read too that on average, just in the United States, that individuals consume seven hours of screen time. So that is probably at least half of the time that we're awake. Seven hours a day on average for Americans on social media, checking their emails or watching something that's news or article related. 
Right. Seven hours a day. <laughs> and just to finer point that Abby is not talking about work screen time in that mm-hmm. seven hours. This is seven hours of your choice, your time, um, not your work screen. So keep that in mind. Um, <laughs> just I could just throw up on myself thinking about <laughs> And I'm right in there. I checked mine last week and my average was uh, just under five hours a day. That's a great place to start is if you're curious, your phone has that information. Go ahead. Check the average time that you spend on your phone. You can also see how many times you unlocked your phone in a day. You can see how much time you spent on specific apps. And I know that me telling you to go check this is telling you to be on your phone, but start with that awareness. For some people, social media isn't the struggle. I'm talking to you, dad. Maybe it is news sites and feeling the need to stay informed at all times with text messages, with social media, with the news, whatever that informed looks like, what kind of cost is that having to your mental health? And as a side plug, we have included a bonus episode that came out today as well. So take a look at that mindful phone practice and see if that just brings more awareness as to how to be healthful with this amazing technology that we have that isn't inherently bad, but how can we use it to enhance our lives rather than detract from our time and our mental energy and eventually our physical health. Carrie, you mentioned that average users check their phone or device 200 or more times a day. So our attention is being drawn to that screen What do you think that's doing to us? And how do you think that's affected an average attention span? Oh, I think it's, you know, helping us so much and our attentions (laughs) are just getting better. (laughs) The internet is valuable. All of these tools can be really beneficial to our society and to ourselves, but it takes us looking at how it's affecting us individually, right? I mean, I have to look at my phone use and say, am I happy with the time that I'm spending here? Have I noticed that I'm less able to pay attention to people or to articles or to videos that I'm watching because I might get bored for one millisecond and then pick up my phone to relieve that boredom? It's making us feel less connected, but we're going into it feeling like I have to do this to stay connected. How do you feel about it? I just caught myself doing it. I cut off your question. So that I could answer and didn't even know what you were going to finish with. And I catch myself doing that. And my cousin graciously called me out for doing that. I don't know if I've always been that way, but that's everything. I'm in a hurry. But for what? For what reason? Why do I need to hustle through an article that I find interesting? Or what about this 20 second video? Why do I only have 16 seconds to spare? So that I can jump to something that's equally as unimportant. I went out on saturday port austin's ginormous Winterfest went on there had to be 120 people there it was insane and there was this kid who looked like young gravy the rapper so young gravy approaches me at the bar and says do you have a husband and i'm like no and he goes oh add me on snapchat and i said i am over 30 years old we don't do that anymore (laughs) but you bringing that up as a way to stay connected, Young Gravy said, 
add me on Snapchat. It wasn't, can I get your number or what's your name or anything like that? It was, do you have a husband? No, add me on Snapchat. This is the direction that people our age are moving in to feel connected. And I think that's where all this wasted time comes in. It's, I'm lonely. How can I immediately become connected to somebody? And picking up the phone or having to set up a date and actually talk to somebody is so out of the realm of anything that sounds good um, that we're just using instant gratification through pictures or quick little messages. I don't even remember what the question was. I just felt the need <laughs> with everyone that experience that I had on Saturday. I'm so glad you did. Get it off my chest. Yeah. I feel like I have a lot to say <laughs> around this. <laughs> it's the instant gratification, right? It's that hit of dopamine. Like, oh, there it is. I felt connected for a second. And not only, mm -hmm, so many thoughts, you guys, not only do I feel, yes, that we are becoming more disconnected or less able to have human to human conversations or connections, but also what is that doing to our connection to ourselves? How in tune are we with what we're actually feeling or what we're needing when the answer is always pick up the phone, get instant gratification, mm -hmm. pick up the iPad, get instant gratification, get that hit of dopamine. During the last few years, <laughs> when we have been more distanced from each other, technology has come through as a way of trying to connect us. So again, we are not saying that this is inherently bad and you have to throw away your smartphones and live off the grid. Just how can we do this in a way that's more beneficial to us as individuals and to our society so that you don't you don't become the person who walks up to a beautiful woman and say, do you have a husband? Follow me on Snapchat like an idiot. And you're right. It's almost like it's a it's a coping response. Mm -hmm. I'm uncomfortable being alone with my own thoughts. How do I <laughs> avoid doing that? You are so right, Carrie. Technology is not this negative, awful thing, but most of us are using it in ways that have detrimental side effects to our mental health. And what I mean by that is I think about what I look at or or was before I became kind of aware. And it was like, why don't I look like this person? This person is making so much more money than I am. This person is married. This person has kids. How come her eyelashes look like that? And it wasn't until I stopped doing that that it became kind of a better place to be. But I still do find that I'm spending way too much time on it. So Carrie, please tell me and help me what do we do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What do we do? And of course, my initial response is exactly what you're doing to bring awareness to it. Start noticing, oh, I'm reaching for my phone again. What am I actually feeling here? But some concrete steps to take beyond that awareness, which please don't gloss over, minimize those triggers. So we know that our phone, if it lights up or it dings or it vibrates, it's it's harder to resist the pull to check it. So put your phone on silent, except for alarms and important contacts who need to call you um, out of sight, out of mind. So we can develop a calm focus when we stop bringing our phone into the bedroom, the office, Ooh. the bathroom. I'm talking mostly to boys here, one in particular. <laughs> I'm like, and then you put it on your face. Yeah. 
Y'all stop bringing the phone into the bathroom, no matter what you're working on, just stop bringing it into the bathroom. Abby, I know that you have a story about this regarding not putting your phone in the bedroom anymore and having an alarm clock. So I'd love for you to share your experience with that over the past few weeks it's been now, right? Yes. Thank you for giving me this attention. I don't want to toot my own horn, but I was right as can be when I said that I thought leaving my phone in a different room would change my life. And it really, I'm almost, I'm embarrassed and excited. I have been getting up when my alarm goes off and that was the big life change. I had to totally flip a switch. I had, la, la, la. I literally put my cell phone in my spare bedroom and that was the only change that I had to make. <laughs> and I have gotten up every day that I've done that. I have an alarm clock that mimics the sunrise. I got it for like 40 bucks on Amazon. It's awesome. Seriously. So I set that alarm for 15 minutes before my phone alarm goes off. So I still have that 15 minute buffer where I can lay there and stare at the ceiling and not want to get up. But when my phone alarm goes off, it doesn't scare me because I'm already awake. I've gotten out of bed at the time I want to get out of bed just because I put my phone in a different room. And it's made such a difference. It's only been two weeks and I haven't done it every single day, but on the days that I do, it has made such a difference. That is fantastic. And way to go to committing to having your phone in the other room and getting an alarm clock, like solving these problems and then noticing the changes that it has for you. So amazing. Um, Getting back to actions you can actually take, such as keeping the phone out of your bedroom mm -hmm, um, and keeping your phone on silent. Okay, so my phone's on silent or it's not even near me. But when I do check it, oh my gosh, I have 30 notifications and they all seem to need my attention right just now. Okay, <laughs> how true is that? What I'm getting at is the other concrete step that I can see you taking right away that'll make a difference is shutting off notifications for the majority of your apps. The other day I had a notification about this. It's called an always pan. It was on sale. So I was looking at that and then got pulled to dog treats because something came across from Chewy. So I'm ordering Libby, my dog, her auto ship, food, whatever. And then Emerald Lagasse has this new pan set. So I was like, well, maybe I go with these instead of the always pan while I'm buying dog food. And that's the difference in shutting off your notifications. That's 20 minutes that I wouldn't have spent. And I didn't even buy anything. It was just a huge waste of time. Thank you for bringing that up because it also brings up if you have notifications, you might be more apt to spend money mm -hmm. on things that you don't need at all. And this is just another coping mechanism of, I want to feel good. I, I want, I want something. Yeah. So let me spend money. And I don't want to speak for everyone, but for me, that doesn't usually fulfill any kind of want in the long term. It just takes a little bit of money out of my bank account. <laughs> so we have a few already. Put your phone on silent, keep it out of the places where you know you don't need it and shut off notifications. Abby, what are some other streamlining usage ideas that you have? I went in and set timers for my social media use. Those are actually really helpful because they'll say you have 10 minutes left, whatever. 
And then it grays out the app once you've hit the limit. So then you just don't go on it anymore. Even again, like you said, Carrie, to gain awareness of how much you're actually using it. I met with a member and she said that she just keeps everything on her phone very basic. I read that as well. Um, Nicholas Goke, I'm probably saying it wrong because I think it's Storygen, wrote this fantastic article. And I want to share his quote first where he wrote, mankind's biggest struggle has always been to master our tools before the tools master Mm. us which I loved. And he also talked about the monochromatic background or setting and hiding all of his apps so that his phone legit becomes a tool instead of an entertainment device. He set or encouraged people to set on their lock screen a question. Why am I in your hand? Or why are you here? What are you looking for? Take a deep breath, whatever works for you, but to remind yourself as soon as you pick up your phone, wait, what, why am I about to use this? What is the purpose of me holding this right now? So that you can kind of gather your thoughts before you launch in and get distracted by a million things. And with that mindful lock screen, that means he had to disable the face thumbprint thing. So he would be forced to actually look at that lock screen and choose when he was ready to unlock the phone. Once we get into that phone, it becomes the Wild West. So that brings us to our next kind of tip, trick, hack, implement screen-free time. And we as health coaches absolutely recommend screen-free time during any kind of meals. If you're eating that phone or any other screen ideally would not be around you. Abby, I know you do screen-free walks pretty Mm -hmm. regularly. I like reading. I want my phone to be somewhere else when I'm reading actual paper-bound book. Um, I'm sorry, a what? Could you repeat? An ancient treasure. (laughs) You mentioned I do screen-free walks, and it really does make such a difference, but it's a bizarre thing being alone with your own thoughts. And I think that it makes people nervous because I'm crazy, I think, but it's it's fun. But I did post something on Facebook the other day and just asked, what would you do with your extra time? Or what is something, an activity that you do where you don't take your phone? And a couple of people responded that they'll, the grocery store is their time to be away from a screen. So paper list and just going grocery shopping and not constantly checking that type of thing, but the walks or reading, just activities that you enjoy that you, where you can connect with yourself for a second. Yeah. And if you are relating to Abby on feeling possibly overwhelmed by being with yourself, definitely take a listen to that bonus episode that came out today, beginning that process of becoming more aware and starting to step away from your screens, all screens. Most phones already have this information on your phone. You can check your screen time, unlock number of times, how much time per app. So do some digging if you feel like that would be beneficial for you to start setting those timers and observing how much time you're really spending on your phone and maybe also observing how you feel not spending that much time on a phone. Two For those of us who are the, quote, I don't have time-ers, what 
could you be doing with that time instead of say, I, I don't have time, I don't have time to do X, Y, Z, it doesn't matter what it is, but just brainstorm, maybe if you don't even change anything right now, just brainstorm, if I knew I had four extra hours in a day, what would I do with that time? Definitely. It's a process and it's all about progress and not perfection here, as we always say. So take it slow, be kind to yourself. And hopefully this at least brought some attention to how you use your phone or if your phone is using you. If you are with us and believing being human is weird, then like, subscribe, share, all of those things that the kids are doing, and be sure to follow us on Instagram at beinghumanisweird. That's where we're going to be sharing resources, inspiration, and news about our podcast. And we would love to hear from you, so slide right into our DMs with questions, comments, and what you'd like to hear more of. And thank you so much for listening, weirdos. 